Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. I don't care if I never get back. So it's root 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 for the home team. If they don't win it's a shame. It's one two three strikes you're out. At the old ball game. <coughs> Excuse me. Play ball! Take me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Cheap Seats, your favorite podcast for frank, unapologetic, and shamelessly opinionated Washington national news outside the press box, the dugout, and the very informative stadium urinals. My name is Thad Helsley. Noticeably absent today, listeners, is my human co-host, Cassia, who is still on vacay. We look forward to having her back at her mic very soon. But my compliments to our AI guest host, Bernice, who did a very good job with that touching rendition of Take Me Out to the Ball Game. So, we are very pleased to welcome back to the pod our Mets correspondent and expert baseball historian, Leonardo from Manhattan. Great to have you back, Len. Great to be back, Dad. Thank you very much. So, how is your late spring going, buddy? Uh, It's nice to be back, and thanks for having me, Thad, and... The spring is going well. Um, my uh, quick shout out to my daughter Hannah, who turned 15 just a few days ago. Hannah Woo! is, uh, yeah, she's more famous than most of the Mets. She's <laughs> the youngest, uh, it's true, she's the world's youngest bowler to bowl a perfect game. She just awesome. won the Pepsi title down wow. in Florida. She got scholarship mo- money. She uh, five game series, all the games were over 200. She had a few. 230s and a 240 and um i'll be seeing her in a couple of days we're uh, gonna do some fun stuff in new york take her out to the beaches on long island and we're gonna see a wonderful wonderful musical that she's been wanting to see for a while dear evan hansen on broadway so i'm looking forward to that much more than uh, the rest of the Mets season. For, for, <laughs> you know. Well, good good uh, tip for the uh, mid-Atlantic tourists going up for their uh, annual New York visit. Before we talk about the Nats, I thought you could give us an update on what's going on with your Mets. When you were last on this pod, you guys were in the middle of a crushing four-game sweep of the Nats. Yeah, obviously I was off my medication when I said all that, that and I apologized. Uh, now that I'm on the proper meds, I see uh, the forest for the trees and the Mets are a C-minus team. They take three steps forward, two steps back, two steps forward, eight steps back. Um, we don't have a complete team. And um, and I think part of that is, we were talking about this earlier, the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution clearly prohibits cruel and unusual punishment. However, watching the Mets bullpen pitch has to be defined as cruel and unusual punishment. They can't get anybody out. They can't strike anybody out. And we've lost at least six games due to our very subpar bullpen. So that's a big thing. And then the other thing is, you know, the Mets have this symptom that a lot of teams have. The Mets have 580 hits this year with 616 strikeouts. And you just can't play winning baseball when you're striking out more than you're hitting. Right, right. So last time you were on this pod, the first week in April, you were predicting that at the end of the season, 
the Mets would be battling for the first place, and I think you've just uh, said that that wasn't going to happen. But you also had the Braves in fourth place, even though that today um, they have a decisive lead in the division. So what's your overall point of view with only 90-plus games remaining? Yeah, with 90-plus games remaining, um, I stand corrected on the Braves. They have a good uh, mix of young and old talent. I think they have a good general manager who knows what the team it needs. And um, they don't have people like Ioannis Cespedes, who uh, was rehabbing and was about to come back and could be the heart of our order. Um, but then he falls off a horse and breaks his ankle like uh, you would break a champagne glass uh, in the fireplace. Did that Straight actually happen? Did he actually fall off a horse? Well, the the, the story, if he... If they if he said he fall, fell off a horse, his contract would be nullified. So um, the official story is he just fell while walking. But if you look at the way he, hmm. you know, how brutally he broke that ankle, uh, you'd have to be walking down like the a cliff to break it. And he he said he just walked in a hole like a few inches hole. So and he loves to ride horses. In 2015, he arrived in spring training with Noah Syndergaard on a horse, and you know. It's just a, a, a headline in the New York Post was uh, three weeks ago that the New York Mets are indeed cursed, and I would not argue against that. Mm, okay. You know, it, it just seems ironic because, you know, at the, the last time we did a pod together, we were in the middle of, you know, the seven games in May, the second series, and you guys swept us four games four fucking games and at the end of that um every uh, all the news was reporting that Davey Martinez the manager and uh probably several other people uh were going to be released and uh but like you said um they didn't end up doing that even though there had been multiple reports in mainstream media ESPN NBC Sports and then they went on to win 12 of the next 16 games. And, yeah, things did seem to. But I, I don't know if it's real. Even though we did we did sweep the Braves, you know, uh, San Diego, Cincinnati. I mean, they were all better than us. Everybody was better than us. But they weren't great. They weren't great. Sorry. For the bud. turnaround for the Nets, I think, I think your hitting is coming around. I think you have a good um, nucleus of young players. And when you have uh, Anthony Rendon playing very well and, you know, you don't have a 20-home run hitter, right? And that could be uh, a plus because I think you could be more even. You're not playing for the long ball. Your pitching is going to have to hold up. You, I know you have that uh, the homestand coming up. You don't think Rendon play. or Soto will cross 20? Well, no, nobody's batting. And nobody has 20 now. No, 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 that, so. no, not now. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I think they'll have 20, but they don't have anybody leading the league. No. We're close to leading no, the league in no. home runs. That's not necessarily a bad thing. If you look at the Houston Astros from a few years ago, yep. they didn't have anybody like that. Nope. So, yeah. uh, you know, the Braves and the Phillies are tough. Um, the good thing about the Phillies uh, is that they have Bryce Harper, and he's terrible. So I can see the Phillies kind of faltering because Bryce Harper, I don't know if you saw the other day, he tried to steal home late in the game. He was out by about two and a half miles. <laughs> and then the next person after him uh, hit a double that would have won the game. So they lost the game. So I think. Uh, oh, because think of that Bryce, failed attempt. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I think the Braves are more of a team. I think the Phillies, uh, they have some decent pitching, to, but they play in a band box, so you could have Tom Seaver in there. He'd probably have a, a four and a half or five ERA. I think that's an unfair uh, stadium to play in for any pitcher. But, um, yeah, I, th- you know, I, I think if you guys come in third, I think that's a positive season. I think it's a reason to, to bring back uh, Mr. Martinez for next year. You, you don't think uh, first place is even remotely a possibility? I don't think so. Not for either of our teams. Uh, maybe if we combine the teams, if they had a uh, pick and choose the best that. and worst. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, might, we, we might do okay. Send the but, worst uh, to uh, single A, and everybody else stays here and works. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Although, uh, I, you know, I also wanted to ask you, as since you are an expert historian in baseball. Um, Last week, we also crossed the ninth anniversary of Steven Sprosberg's first big league game. And he was a first-round draft pick. He actually, uh, uh, in that first game, he actually met expectations and pitched 14 strikeouts in seven innings. And we won against a uh, admittedly um, modest team, 5-2. to two. Uh, Were you aware of that event when it happened? And do you have any insights or opinions on it? Yeah, I was very aware of when Steven Strasburg uh, came up. You know, he was much heralded, the first-round pick, like you said. And I remember his first few games were nothing short of fantastic. Um, if you were to try to describe his first few games and the strikeouts, and, you know, he had that kind of unique motion. He had that chicken wing and the elbow motion. Um, he was almost out of this, uh, out of this planet, out of this world. And I remember that first few games, the first when he was pitching, that he would have professional hitters, good hitters, very good hitters, 320, 330, lifetime hitters, striking out three, four times against him. A lot of these guys, some of these guys in the interviews, like after the game, some of them were considering giving the game up because of Steven Strasburg. And unfortunately, you know, he had an injury and he and he had some time off, but he's still not a, you know, I think he's still a, I think he's still a plus pitcher, obviously. He's still does well he's got 100 and i think he's 105 and, and 51 um i hear he's a good clubhouse guy and it reminds me a little bit of uh of matt harvey when we had him on the mets and you know that sometimes they say bad things happen to good people and <laughs> in this occasion and vice you know, versa yeah right uh and, and matt harvey's uh sense uh you know bad things happen to bad people because matt's harvey's uh era is the same as a 747 Jetliner, 7.47. He's actually 7.5. Uh, he was on the D, still on the DL, was supposed to come back, had another setback. And I don't wish anybody ill fortune for sure. However, if somebody had to have ill fortune, and it, it you know, ha- him having it, I think would be okay because he was not a good guy when he was with the Mets. It was, he was a me guy. He didn't really, wasn't a team player. It was always about him. And, um, you know, so um, kudos to Steven Strasburg for hanging in there and getting the most out of his talent. And hopefully, uh, you know, he can take you to some more wins this year. Well, I hope I hope you're right. Do you have any other observations on this roller coaster season that you'd want to share? Well, I think, um, you know, the whole league is really a, a strikeout and home run league. Nobody hits the cutoff, man. Uh, nobody has a plan with two strikes. Um, everybody just swings from the heels still. And from a Mets perspective, you know, we do have J.D. Davis. Uh, he's a second 
in uh, in batting average. And we also have Pete Alonso, who is crushing the ball. He's got 22 home runs. He's a rookie. He's I think he's 21 years old. I think I have ties that are older than him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I do. I know I do. And uh, so he's the he's one of the you know the few bright spots that we have. We have Robinson Cano not hitting his weight. He's on the DL. And our manager, Mickey Calloway, acts like he's on uh, ecstasy, which is the love drug, because he loves everybody and everything, no mm. matter what they do. He's got a shortstop that can't catch a ball. And he's got uh, some other players. You know, we got Juan Lagares that could, you know, they say uh, two-thirds of the, of the world is covered by water and the other third is covered by Juan Lagares. But he can't hit, you know, half his weight. So we got some issues on the Mets, and I think you know baseball needs to do something to show more action. Uh, I think the the most exciting play, or from an offensive perspective, is the triple, right? Because the triple is exciting. You know, you don't know if he's going to make it, right? So I don't mean to go on and on, but I still love no, the please. game. It's one of my favorite things to do. But I think uh, they have to either make some rule changes. And uh, and start putting the bat on the ball more. Well, thank you uh, for joining us again, Leonardo from Manhattan. We always appreciate your fantastic interpretations and wisdom. Leonardo from Manhattan, ladies and gentlemen. Quick reminder, listeners, you can find this series on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, as well as many of your favorite player apps. You can also follow us on Twitter, at The Cheap Seats, and you can reach us by email at thecheapseatsdc at gmail.com. So see you next time on From the Cheap Seats. Take me. Take me.